boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you'd think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammerlock. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Another exciting week of the B-She's Wrestling is upon us. I'm here with Mecca Shane Madison, also known as G's Wheeze, and producer Chris. And what? You know, I have to say, people say I'll never say when I was wrong. I've been wrong once on this show. Once or twice. Once. Sure. <laughs> name, once. Me an, name me another example than the one I'm about to say. Adam Knight will never wrestle again. He should never wrestle again. I'm not wrong about <laughs> is that. Is he going to wrestle again? He should never, ever be allowed in a wrestling ring again. You following him on Instagram, his uh, gym pictures? He's going to try to get a WWE dark match. He might probably get something. He probably maybe will go to Western Canada for all elite wrestling. Who knows? Maybe he shows up in Regina. He shouldn't, but he probably will. Uh, Montreal Screwjob. I was right about that. A jury of my CM peers. <laughs> sorry, Punk. a jury of my peers convicted Bret Hart of complicity. It's 12, 12 nil in a civil trial. It was a mock trial. We just didn't broad we didn't podcast it. We didn't mock cast it. We left it alone. It's like wrestler's court. CM Punk I wasn't wrong about I he's think back. We, I think we should actually ban any talk of Montreal. And CM, CM Punk. Punk. Yeah, I on think, this I like I'm not promising that. <laughs> I, like told, I just, it's, it's exhausting. No, it's, yeah. oh, it's exhausting for you. It's not for me because I can convince <laughs> it so easily. Um, I was wrong a couple weeks ago. I said I could envision the world of Tony Khan closing down AEW in the next three years. And why I thought that is because when the internet wrestling community turns on him and they already are starting, I don't think he's got a thick enough skin to put up with it. But he now has a deal with Warner Brothers Discovery that is a billion dollars over five years. More than he's getting more per year than he got over four years in the previous deal. Yeah. So he is going nowhere. AEW is here to stay. And as surprised as I am, there is a premium value on live sports prod, prod, uh, products. And he cashed in. Because he prov- he produces five hours? Is it two hours on Saturdays coming up? I believe so. Two hours, yeah. Five hours. Uh, well, no, f- Fridays are still taped. So four hours of live live programming a week is what he does. Yep. Well, if you're there live for Dynamite, it's like five hours just uh, for Dynamite. Yeah, it's too long. So here's where we are today. Don't forget Ring of Honor, too. You know what's funny about Ring of Honor is it's not part of the Warner Brothers deal. So, but do you know how they're going to be structuring it? So it's going to be uh, Dynamite and Rampage. Rampage will be their developmental show Ugh. now, and then it's going to be AEW Collision on and, Saturdays, and Ring of Honor will be taped after Collision. Huh. Okay, well, that makes sense. So that's what they're doing. So every Saturday now they're going to have a an event. Yeah, but now. Ring of Honor, or sorry, uh, Rampage, their big show. That's just your basically WWE velocity now. Yeah, and at risk of getting can like they never got good. Well, they I guess they got a million people their first episode when CM Punk CM debuted. Punk debuted August twenty first, two thousand. Only having an hour or two is problematic for them to be able to. It's not gain some momentum. That's not not long enough. It's no. Yes, near it long is enough. because you you have the opportunity to hit have a very very tight and good show. Get off the air and leave people wanting more. 
You're thinking about an hour, though. Like, you're thinking about they ha- them having an hour. I'm talking about an hour in TV world where you've got commercials in there. And yeah, commercials that's run. what I'm talking about, too. For two and a half minutes, they've got two and a half to three minutes, and they've got three or four commercial breaks per... If they did three three matches in a one hour and one was a short middle, have a good start, use the promos to push angles and go into a main event that everybody wants to see and give that about 20 minutes, you would have a very good product, but they didn't structure their show that way. It's not that the problem is Friday nights is a tough night to draw, especially with SmackDown and you're going to get wrestling overload, not WFX overload. And he's going to find the same problem on Saturday nights. Saturday nights isn't exactly Saturday nights at six is a lot easier to draw than Saturday nights at eight because in the Christmas season, there's Christmas parties, there's social or Manitoba. We call it socials. There's all weddings or Saturdays. There's, there's a lot of event things where people plan to go out on Saturday nights. How about debuting in the summer on a Saturday? This is Warner brothers who called this shot. This is, they have the NHL property with TNT. And for some reason they want to be, they want to be front and center with wrestling. The big winner here, the talent. For sure. Chris Jericho is going to be the first guy to have the smart business sense. At Well, Kenny Omega is going to renegotiate first. So if I'm worth $3, or four, $3 million to work Wednesday nights, when your TV is valued at this, your pay-per-views now are proven to be worth this. Are their pay-per-views staying on traditional pay-per-view or now are they going to that streaming I platform? Think I, that's what I think is going to happen. See, Warner Brothers owns HBO Max, which is about to be rebranded as just Max. So what that's going to mean is that the pay-per-views could be bought through Max. They get their chunk and all, and all it's still going to get their money. Like yeah. UFC. Yes. Yeah. But here's, so Kenny Omega's negotiation should look like this. You thought I was worth 3 million when you had nothing. And I just had to help you start the company. I'm worth at least double. So give me $6 million and every other talent's going to say the same thing. You expect me to work two nights a week now. Yeah, but no, but they're not expecting them to work two nights a week. If it's a brand split, there's no, it's a soft brand split. They're, they're, yeah, they're, I don't buy that. That's, that's what I've read. I don't buy that. It's a soft brand. You know why it can't be a hard brand split? Because he doesn't have the resources to split. And I'm not saying talent depth. I'm saying he does not have the infrastructure to do a brand split. Then it's totally useless having this second television show. Because you have all this talent and you're just spreading it up. Like they need to focus on, and listen, I hate brand splits. I think Raw and SmackDown, what they're doing is stupid. But they have to. It's Because they're on two different networks, which increase their value. And there's so many people under contract. And there's so many people that aren't being used. So if you don't do it, you're just going to see more of the same. If you do do it, at least you'll have, you know, we saw Miro and Thunder Rosa come back. Maybe they're going to be on the Saturday show. You know, you won't see them on the Wednesday show. Now, if you want to see Miro, hey, you have to watch Collision on Saturday. See, that's a problem too, though, because if you get buried on the, if you draw 800,000 viewers on Wednesdays, you're not going to draw that on Saturday. Nope. You're going to draw six. So you won't a, even draw that. So as a talent, am I going to want to go to the Saturday night show? No, I'm going to be sitting there. You'll, you'll create a political quagmire where talent is like, good do word. not put me Very good word. on Saturday nights. It will not like you're going to have talent sitting there threatening to quit if they get put on Saturday nights because they're less marketable. And what if like talent wants to have weekends off? I don't know any. It's other. not like they're running lots of yeah. house shows. Well, they're trying to, but they're not right now. So we're talking about the negatives of this. This is a very positive day in the wrestling industry. Absolutely. This, this TV deal now makes AEW officially more successful than WCW ever was. 
because $200 million a year in revenue on top of their pay-per-view, on top of their gate receipts, on top of their merchandise, they should be at least profitable to at least $75 million to $100 million a year, realistically, and with who, good budgeting. Who would have thought 20 years ago when TBS and TNT canceled wrestling yeah. and you thought, that this is it, this is the end. I and thought the industry was going to survive as a one-trick pony and TNA, I always hoped, would do better. And they were good. Like we used to watch their pay-per-views oh, more sure. than WWE. Yeah. It's a great day for the industry. It's a great, and I was wrong. You know what? Tony Khan, but Tony Khan did validate one thing. I believe. You should isolate that, Chris. In 2005 yeah. and 2010, I believed build a television entity, get it as good as you possibly could at a loss financially. And eventually you will monetize it. Eventually in WFX, I never thought we were going to get $100 million. But WFX was also structured that if we got $250,000 for TV rights, we would have more than enough to get by, which at that time was the tail end of syndication where you might be able to sell your episode enough. We were talking to agencies about doing that. And we're talking about, we were talking to marketing um, advertising agencies about potentially selling our advertising stock. We had a path in year two or three of turning revenue out of that TV show. You're saying Tony Khan copied your business No, model. I'm not saying that. I'm saying That's how I'm reading With it. a billion dollars and a hundred million dollars <laughs> invested, he built a product that TV networks were like, this is better than we thought it would be. And we can't get into the, we can't get into bed with WWE because they're locked down and they're going to ask for exorbitant not money. So we'll go to the second best one. And we'll have the alternative. We'll have live programming. We'll have successful programming. He's got a lot of marketable stars. He's got a good demographic. Um, Snapple makes a lot of money. Yeah, You know who's wrong. the big winner in this? So other than the talent, who's going to get big raises? Impact Wrestling. Because Ring of Honor got shot out of this deal by Warner Brothers. There's no interest in Ring of Honor having its own end, his own TV show. Have you guys watched any of those Ring of Honor shows? No, no. I have not no, watched. Neither have I. I, th I think I watched the first one, but like it's 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 tough. It's easy to miss. Yeah. yeah. So what'll happen now is Ring of Honor. So one of those secondary shows. So a so Dynamite's got to go up in viewership and. Saturday would have to be very strong numbers for them to say, okay, well, Rampage is okay. We're willing to give you a fourth night and give this Ring of Honor a shot. That could happen, but it's not likely. Not and see, I, I think the path for Ring of Honor to get that deal is to go strictly onto a streaming such as YouTube and then get the numbers. If they can get the numbers, you can make money on YouTube, by the way. You can make really good money on YouTube as a wrestling company, if you market yourself properly, especially Ring of Honor, the fact they've got a you know billionaire owner, if they can get the kind of numbers that I'm talking about tough on YouTube, sell, though. then you can sell the TV networks on it. But, yeah. But they got to do that first. Really tough to do because they've already tried that with AEW Dark and AEW... NWA was doing pretty good at it before they went right to fight. Their first NWA's run, first then... run was not more than 100,000 YouTube views a week. No, so no, it was a, it was a different but, product. Yeah. I enjoyed watching it. I didn't miss one episode the yeah, first run. NWA Power, yeah, yeah when it was, Cornette was still the yep, commentator. It was very good, and then it just kind of petered out, and then they went to Fight, I believe. Is that correct? Fight? Yes, they went to an yeah. exclusive with Fight to try to get to try to try monetize it. And it was they went too soon, too fast. Well, and the pandemic and they, also slowed yeah. any growth. But they them. also asked people to pay for something we were getting for free. Exactly. If you give it to free, it's very hard to monetize it after. Unless WWE puts their pay-per-views back on. WWE is going to do that. I know, and uh, they'll the get money for it. Well, they will because there's a there's a market demand for th 
WWE still builds their money matches better than AEW. Proof positive. People are like, MJF's losing momentum. Well, what are you giving him? The same thing happened when Omega got the belt. Remember the angles Kenny Omega got? Oh, Christian tied to WFWA wrestling in Winnipeg. Nobody cared about WFWA or IWA hardcore wrestling. Kenny Omega was 14 years old at the time of this supposed rivalry with Christian. And then Christian, like, and that match was a throwaway match because they tied it into impact. It did nothing for Omega's first run. Then they put him in there right away with Hangman and he loses the belt. Paul Paul Heyman's done a great job integrating other people into the bloodline storyline like integrating kevin owens integrating matt riddle now and that's the right thing integrating with, all the cody Rhodes yeah. has been integrated and into that's this. the thing with paul Heyman is when he's passionate about an angle he knows how to make it have a life of its own there's nobody in all elite that knows how to do that no and here we are now with current champion mjf the best heel in the business or second best if behind roman and he has nobody to work with because his money matches would have been Cole, Adam Cole, would have been Kenny Omega. Maybe they'll get Kenny Omega now with Don Callis turning. The on. problem is, is you got to have Omega and and Moxley have the dust up. They they're gonna go to some, and then they're gonna have Don Callis chase Omega for at least another program. You're t- you're two pay per views away from Omega versus MJ. You know Omega's gonna get in the ring with Don. That's gonna happen. Yeah. You know that's going to happen. I can't. I can't. It's going to happen. Don would be embarrassing himself if he agreed to that. He will do it. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, yeah. I could, I could see that happening. And and as far as the way you laid it out, I think you laid it out traditionally, where it's like you said, two months the chase. They're not very good at doing it. No, they're pretty good at hot shotting it. So well, what I'm saying is they they can't get to Omega versus MJF the way they've got it laid out for at least two pay per view cycles. Well, because we're looking they, for... because they're going to do Moxley and Omega at the next pay per view, and then there's going to be a fallout where Don and Omega are in something. So you think Moxley and Omega? Well, well, remember it's Forbidden Door, so that would uh, be they... Moxley. That may be Omega and Osprey if they <sighs> go that route. So then that maybe is push... Osprey signed? No. Okay, no, so that no. so to be borrowing him from all for New Japan, right? But but what I'm saying is that they need to do something there, so then that they might put the put that one on ice. See, they're crazy, out, if, they're, or maybe Wembley. Yeah, they're, they they if they're going to do Omega Osprey, they got to do it at Wembley. They should not do that at Forbidden Door. In fact, I wouldn't even use unless you're going to have Osprey absolutely destroy somebody on the AEW roster and outclass him, outshine him to build him up for for Wembley. You're absolutely crazy to have Osprey at Forbidden Door in a money match unless it goes to a 60-minute draw or something like that to build to a rematch it all out. Osprey and Danielson all would in, be sorry. good. But, I mean, that muddies the waters it, if they and, do and that. And it carries too. a lot of risk, too, and, with, that, with that type of match, especially the type of match those two guys work. They work very risky style. Yeah. So you're And the and hardest thing up. to do yeah. is fantasy book or armchair book Tony Khan because there's no concept to it. <laughs> yeah. Trust me, there's no psychology to how he's booking. And when we're sitting here spitballing, here's what he has to do coming out of this pay-per-view. MJF is going to be your champion coming out of the pay-per-view by every reasonable logic. You got to have the baby face who's really hot and you got to let MJF beat him clean in the next program because right now you've got a, a champion who's starting to lint, like it's not strong. The nut TV numbers aren't there. Of course it's summer. That doesn't help, but you're not, you're not putting, you're not getting fire on your world heavyweight champion. The first time he should even look at losing the belt would be Wembley. Have him lose at Wembley because it's international 
I wouldn't have them lose the week after at the other pay-per-view. Is it all in then all out? It's all out. All uh, in is is Wembley. Wembley, and then all outs a week later. Yeah. I don't know if I'd have him lose it all. To be honest, I would. Well, I you got to get him, yeah. but you got to get him hot if you're going to keep it on him. You got to give him some money. But programs. they just can't do it. They haven't. They haven't had a champion that's gotten hot and stayed hot. Maybe they do it with Adam Cole and Chris Jericho. Maybe Jericho is heating up Adam Cole. Maybe that's the plan. Maybe that's the route. Maybe I mean, it goes to CM Punk versus MJF as a baby face. How CM many? Punk? How many? How many money matches? does CM Punk potentially have coming back I th- where the guys want to work with him? I agree with you, generally speaking. CM Punk as a face might be a hard sell, but good maybe luck. not with MGF. MGF is good enough at being a heel. Or maybe MGF is the baby face. I think MGF gets cheered in that Then they scenario. don't do it because that's, no, that's a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah, There's like, a lot of landmines for Tony Khan Do you know there was one day this where, is, yeah. way back when, where MJF goes to the top heel spot and Wardlow is the baby face ready to kill him like Goldberg? Imagine that if they would have kept Wardlow Hot, on that path. They would have the baby face right ready there. to... Yeah. Big jacked oh, up, my, like kind of like a Batista yes. going after Triple H. And, it pains me. Here's a day, we're at a day today where the wrestling business has changed because of this Warner Brothers deal and we have a clumsy idiot stumbling into it. <laughs> Because he, it's not based on he booked a hell of a product because he hasn't. He hasn't. Not on any angle. Not FTR lately. FTR versus not the lately. Young Bucks. When was the last time he had a great angle? It's been a while. Uh, but, I'm saying, one. but I'm saying like the shows have been, we've enjoyed the shows. We, I love their show. We watch their show all the time. Yeah. yeah. Fans like their shows. But yes, there are some pitfalls to their booking for sure. I'm just hoping with all this new programming that they take some t- opportunity to feature tag team again. Cause when they were doing tag team feature, when they're featuring like FTR and even the acclaimed, I was loving it because there's yep. not enough people that feature tag teams. Yep. But you loved it when they launched the trios and that watered down their whole tag. Division. I did. I didn't love it. I love the concept because ROH did it so well. And I thought maybe they were going to try to steal from that, but there's but ROH they, they didn't. in an effort to make them different. Why don't, they should just have trios exclusive to ROH. Exactly. If you want to see 100%. trios, you got to go to ROH bring, to see it. Bring, Mar- bring Marty Scurll back in. That gives them gotta something. Got to watch on that guy. He's been canceled. I know he's been canceled. I know he's been canceled, but I it's think... It's a tough one. I don't know. Yeah, it hey, is a tough one. Tessa's on the road to recovery, right? So CWF doesn't care if you've been canceled. CWF? CWE. CWE. Oh. Oh. <laughs> CWE. CWE doesn't care if you've been canceled, why you've been canceled. They, they're they open door. They actually respect you more if you've been canceled. Well, well I don't know. Maybe Adam Knight will be back then. Uh, if he didn't offend people in that locker room, it might actually happen. But there's one or two guys that I just don't think are going to ever accept him. That's fair. Yeah. All right. Um, before we wrap up the AEW talk... Uh, I want to say this about me being wrong. Enjoy it. It doesn't happen often. And you can tell I'm perplexed by it. I did not, I did not see the renewal. Being Spiders f- are going to be really perplexed. Five years at a billion dollars. I did not see this happening. But now, look at the NHL. They, their ratings have not been strong. They don't and, need strong ratings. But they also got a big renewal. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, people want... That live sports content, the, that's that's what they want. That's valuable. The problem for how Gary Bettman got that big renewal is the game itself isn't as good as it was in 2012 or 2013, 2014 when the product was hot. It's not as hot right now. The, hey, listen, I'm sorry to go off 
on a tangent here, but if I was ever going to be a conspiracy theorist, a major market like Chicago winning the draft lottery, oh, and that, that the way yeah. it's presented on TV looks like a hoax, and there was no there was no energy for him to go to Columbus or Anaheim, but the minute Chicago jumps and gets him from the third spot to number one absolutely speeds up their rebuild and it's the third largest market. And in how, how about tickets are s- selling like nobody's absolutely. business. And they've got the biggest building. They've got a 21,000 yeah. seater for hockey. And they're going to be a pain in the Winnipeg how, how Jets ass Anaheim getting, for the next getting 15 years. boned twice on, on a, like a generational Yeah, player. but the first time they got boned, Pittsburgh had the worst record. It, it worked it, out. Who was the first one? The Sydney Crosby. Sydney Crosby. Oh. And they ended up drafting Bobby Ryan in the second overall pick. Oh man. Anyway, that's off, off topic, but there is a, That's a legitimate sport. Nobody wants to hear. Yeah, about. exactly. Let's hear a draft lottery and wrestling. Um, I really think impact is the big winner in this because now the next in line, if you're, if you're WGN or you're paramount or you're someone that's willing to get into the game of wrestling, you pretty much got to go to impact. Cause you're, you're, I, I would imagine ring of honor is bound by some sort of exclusivity to Warner Brothers that they can't shop it to another network. Maybe they can. Well, Tony's actually mentioned that he, out of respect for Warner Brothers, he won't. He hasn't done yeah. that. Yet. He hasn't or he won't? Well, he said he hasn't. I, I Maybe it is he won't. I'm yeah. not sure. But okay, I don't but, think there's really anybody knocking on his door to inquire Nor would it. I want the, the limpy little brother as my TV property. I would not want Ring of Honor, which is the afterthought. I would go to Impact right now and put them on primetime Thursdays. I would do a nine, 90 minutes never works in 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 yeah. broadcast television. But 9 would, p.m. 9 p.m. Tuesday, uh, Thursday nights would be good. Yeah, two hours. Saturday Night Live was a Saturday Night Live was a ninety. It still is a ninety minute show. I'd give them a ninety minute show nine thirty nine o'clock to ten thirty, and then go into news coverage or whatever you if it's Paramount or whatever they don't do that. But then run a syndicated show after eight to ten. I don't know if you need to do two hours personally. I think, I think honestly, less is more when you're building to pay-per-views. Less is more when you're hoping to hook viewers. When you start getting into two and three hours, if you, if you don't have amazing booking, it shows. I, just from an advertising standpoint, I would, I would do eight to 10. It gives you more chance for ads. It gives, uh, the, yeah, but the, then you have the a lopsided a first hour to second it hour. You've got to be careful. The network on a chance that. to recoup some of their money, though, because like you said, it's going to be difficult. It'll be uphill well, for them to I build. Would do, I would do 9 to 11 because you have your primetime shows from 8 till 7, or sorry, 7, thir- 7 till 7.30, 7.30 to 8, 8 till 8.30. 9 o'clock, you have Impact Wrestling till 11. It's a later time, later in the week. Bear, bear in mind, too. get a little too. bit more risque yeah, at the time. Yeah, maybe by, by Thursday. The, bear right. in mind, I believe Impact does this deal for $52 million as opposed to $200 million yeah. a year. So that, that's what makes them look very viable. And Impact's the only brand right now that's doing tape delayed well. Like Rampage is not done well tape delayed, no. but Impact all their every every week you watch television. I think seventy more than eighty percent of what you see is taped. Yep, there's the odd live special, but that's it, it. It I'm telling you, Impact is the brand right now to keep an eye on in terms of broadcast. It's not Ring of Honor. It's not NWA. Maybe Major League. They've been broadcast friendly, so like they they I think they're represented by a major Hollywood agency. So that's probably why they were able to get... Um, they're on reels right now, but there's all isn't sorts... Isn't that done? I thought that was a 12-episode well, trial. It's not. They're on, but they're not being advertised because of the Peacock thing. So there's a big lawsuit yeah. over that. Also, so. oddly enough, what's uh, 
the the network that Dark Side of the Ring is on is close to going bankrupt. Vice, yeah. Vice, Vice, very yeah. close. Vice, yeah, they're going to continue to produce the content apparently, but with what money? Well, that's that's a, that's a question I have. I read the story about uh, what you're talking about, uh, how, how they're saying well, it's not going to affect our content. And I'm like, how? Yeah, how? Oddly enough, your friend Sonny is going to be on episode one. Your <laughs> former fiance, your friend, your friend, your friend. I'm not taking that. She <laughs> claimed she was engaged to marry me. We were never engaged. Um, but with Vice, you know, want to know a dark, uh, uh, dark horse potential buyer? Leonard Asper, just like he did with Access. Oh, that would that'd be good. Yeah, yeah, and then put Impact on on Vice and tie it into Dark Side. Do t- one and a half hours of Impact and then do an hour of, of Dark Side maybe, right after. Maybe you should call Leonard and bring that well, up. Maybe I'll send him an email. Sure, yeah. why not? Hey, hey I, I know you're going to be a bomber games. <laughs> but yeah, so what are we at for time, producer 24 Chris? 24 minutes. 24, that's a perfect time for me. I, I think I've ranted and raved and spewed as much as I can. This episode of Be She's Wrestling is powered by First Row Collectibles, Canada's online and in-person collectible store, where you'll find the coolest sports cards, autographs from your favorites, and of course, wrestling collectibles galore. As a loyal Bees She's Wrestling listener, you can get a discount on your purchase using the code Bees She's. That code is B-E-E-Z. S-H-E-E-Z, one word, to get 10% off. Visit the store online, firstrow.ca, or instead of click and order, go brick and mortar. Meet the guys at First Row in person, 1835 Main Street, Winnipeg, Manitoba. First Row Collectibles, Canada's online and in-person collectible store. This is Mr. BC Goodness, Best Nevada, the author of Uncontrolled Chaos, Canada's remarkable professional wrestling legacy, on sale now, and you're listening to Bees, She's Wrestling. Main event munchies trivia. Plural. This last week, the winner, I don't remember his name, and I'm not going to take the time to look it up because we, we took a long time in break. Main event munchies trivia was. Vader wrestled Ric Flair at Starcade 1993. That wasn't originally going to be the match. Who was it? It was Psycho Sid Vicious against Vader was supposed to be the match. And then you asked for the bonus question, why didn't that match happen? Arn and and Sid got into a scissor fight in the UK and they couldn't they uh Sid got fired. Arn Arn managed to keep his job, and Arn was the aggressor. Arn caused it. Arn caused it. I love Psycho Sid. That guy never gets his true accolades. And we're going to talk about that maybe after this week's main event munchies trivia question. And I'm sorry, I'm saying it a little slow. I want to put emphasis on how good the product is. Main event munchies. I want you to hear it. I want you to crave it. I want you to munch it, it and chew it and chew it. I, and want I you would to... be chewing it right now if we had a sample bag, but apparently we've exhausted everything. And well, it's because we eat them too fast. But what is the question this week? Well, the question is very simple. So it's we're into May. Simple as this. Simple as this. We're into May. And uh, somebody put up a post, I believe, on the B She's Facebook page about Saturday night's main event debuted May 11th, 1985. Was it 85 or 86? 1985. And it was, uh, that was one of my favorite shows. I remember sneaking downstairs, turning the lights off so my dad wouldn't hear me watching the show. Volume down. Volume down. Then when he would come downstairs to check if I was down there, I'd have to turn all the lights off. (laughs) 
And then when you go back to bed, I would turn it back on. But I used to love Saturday night's main event. Had a successful run, 1985 to 1991, when it was canceled by NBC. It was canceled after that by Fox. And was that 92? It did a short run in February of 92. And then again in November of 92, that was that Bulldog match, Chris, that uh, he lost to Shawn Michaels. November, I believe, 14th, 1992. I have a confession. I used to check out CKND TV every Saturday at midnight on the off chance it was on and just not advertised. I know. I, I used always, to do that too. And I'd wait five minutes into the movie in case it was going to get cut for Saturday night. That's main how you had to do it back then. You know, the that was a 90 minute show, just like I say Impact should. And that, that was the only reason I was able to see Saturday night main event, those when they went to Fox because we had a Fox affiliate. I'm from the country. We didn't have, we had five channels. So there was no NBC. I had, I had no, less than five. Yeah. So it was, you know, when it, when it came on Fox, I was super excited. We had KV. VR Fox. But it was only one hour. It also yeah. aired on MTN on when it was on Fox. Yes, yes, that's right. And you know what? When you talk about waiting up at night to see if Saturday night's main event was on, I used to I did that for Shotgun Saturday night <laughs> when it debuted in 1997. That's crazy. And every I would start I would start monitoring TV channels at 9 p.m. In case it would popped up right. and just wasn't advertised. 10 30, yeah. all the way till four in the morning. I go, well, <laughs> hey, I guess it's not airing in Canada. No sleep. And not for you. on the network either. You Which know what? Unusual. That's like Sat- drug drug abuser behavior. Yeah, right I love wrestling. I thought it was a cool idea. Before we get to the main event, Munchie's trivia question this week. Do you know what was so magical about Saturday Night Main Event? Hulk Hogan used to wrestle early because they wanted him on when the viewership was the highest at ten thirty p.m. on NBC midnight in Canada because they had wanted the greatest return and the worst match would be on at the last segment. Yeah. Superfly against Boris Zukov. Yeah, and it would always be rushed in eight minutes yeah. and, and the, it seemed like the... Come back with a Hogan promo yeah, to end the show. Yeah, it would seem like the announcers were all exhausted and, and the show was ready to go. And Elton okay. John plays this out. Okay, yes. what is the question? The question is simple. The last Saturday night's main event, there was a battle royal. Who won the battle royal? Battle Rees. That's it. And are you you're talking about the original NBC run or the Fox? The Good NBC run. Okay, yes. there we go. Yes. Oh. Yep. So, what? Who won the last? There was a few battle royals. Yes. On Saturday night's main event, but the last episode on NBC, and I won't even tell you the date, but it was in 1991. So, who won that battle royal? Okay. What's your favorite match or angle ever on Saturday night main event? I would have to say there are. I really enjoyed when Bruce the Barber Beefcake wrestled the Macho Man, Randy Savage, July 29th, 1989. And then Zeus came down. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. And then Hogan came down with the chair, and Zeus was impervious to the chair. Yeah, he no-sold. <laughs> and then because that SummerSlam, I was so excited. That was like, I was so into WWF at that time. So that was probably my favorite. Close second would be Big Boss Man against Hulk Hogan. That was a good match. match. Great match. Yeah. Yep. That's the one I was going to go for. What is yours? Bossman and Hogan in the cage. The That's the superplex off the cage, yep. right? Yeah, that that blew my mind yep. as a kid to see the superplex off the cage from outside to inside. It was like, it it was an unreal. So I would, yep. go, I would go with that one. Orndorff Hogan. Danny Davis says Orndorff wins. And I think it was, was it Hebner who said it was? No, Morella. I can't remember who the I think it was Morella who said Hogan won. Yeah, that was uh, January, I believe, the 2nd, 1988. That was 86. Maybe I think it was eighty. It was eighty-eight. Wasn't it before WrestleMania three? No. Yes, because I, I was it eighty-seven. Because I saw the angle where Andre uh, gave the headbutt to Lanny Poffo. Oh, then maybe it was. You know, it was Bundy. It was Bundy 
And Hogan that was in 88. Yeah, so 87. Yeah, you're right. January so, 3rd of 87. That was the first episode I ever saw. The first, I was like, oh my word. Like, yeah. I was blown away. And I also remember the, was it the Brainbusters beat Demolition for the tag belts? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that same Saturday Night's Main event that I talked about, um, that July Saturday Night's Main event, July 29th, 1989. I think that that. That was shocking. I think the way they used to lay that out where they'd have the guys talk their match up in the opening credits is something that could work for TV today. I, but nobody's doing it. Somebody should. That would have been a great way for Collision to to do their TV show. Maybe we should bring back that music. Yeah, we, <laughs> we should. Oh, you haven't you haven't mentioned what music you don't like this episode, so I'm appreciating. As that. long as it's not Glenn Goza, <laughs> oh, so there it is. Total jobber. I almost I almost had to feed for it. Okay, so that's the main event Munchies trivia question. It is who won the battle royal on the last NBC episode of Saturday Night Main Event, and um, how can they send those answers? Total B She's on Twitter, Instagram, B She's Wrestling, Facebook, B She's Wrestling, and email, totalbshees at gmail.com. Got to add the sigh in there, pal. <sighs> <laughs> the oversell. <sighs> Mike so, just does the point to I'm, producer Chris. Yeah, I'm so, you I'm, take it from here. Yeah, we were both, we were both <laughs> like deer in the headlights there. And he pointed to me. I was like, all right. Let's talk about our love of local. Have you agreed to work for any of the companies yet, Mecca, Mecca Shane Madison? Nobody has contacted me. There was actually one person has contacted me saying they want to talk business with me. Just that's, one. That's it. This is how you get a bidding war started, though, because everyone else is thinking about it who hasn't yet is now going to call you and say, hey, I'm open to talking business, too. I'm holding out for B. She's Wrestling to start up. Uh, I was going to say, should, should, we, should, we, should we postulate who it is? What percentage are we at I today? saw... We were at three last time. I think Primo's It hasn't gone business. up or down. It's so we're three. three. Three yeah. percent chance. And okay. oddly enough, There's speak, still chance. Yeah. speaking of three, 3DGW, we're now middle of May. No date. Weren't no they show. Supposed, they were supposed to be this weekend. Was supposed yeah, to be show. they're not. <laughs> I I like Shane. They're done. I, I think he won't be done. I think he'll come back. I just don't. I think he doesn't know what to do next. I think he doesn't know whether to she's or go please. <laughs> well, when you... I'm not going to get into it. I just about got into it. We're just going to move on. Just, just say it. I was just going to say when you promote what is essentially a bar fight. Yep. It, where do you go? That's you, even worse than a bar fight because bar fights usually are fists and not light light tubes. Yeah. Maybe a pool cue could have been used. And think about this though. Stefan Epic doesn't work on any shows and retired after that one. Yep. And Kevy Chevy doesn't really work on any shows. I mean, he's done the occasional show, but the the rap on him is he's not reliable, Yeah, which is unfortunate because he's super talented. The odd one in that, though, is James Mitchell. Who is also very talented. Should be wasting his time WPW there. for sure. Oh, I, He was there imagine, for the first one. Can you imagine if he was at the... We should ask why he's not at WPW. I did. And I why? didn't get a very good answer. Who'd you ask? Mr. Beautiful, I think. What did he say? Uh, it was an indecisive answer and didn't didn't jump out at me. I was kind of surprised Sexy Eddie came in for that bar fight. Not at all. He does he does hardcore stuff in Quebec, I think. I, gu- I guess death match. so, but Sheesh. no ring. Um, Don't get take me started. the PO. Yeah. I saw Tyler Colton post that he's open for business. You see Tony sell? Tony came to, hey, Tony Cadello, call me and put his phone number up there. (laughs) I guess Tony at 80 doesn't know that you can slide into the DMs and say, hey, let's talk business, give me a call. How about Tony's new poster? It's better than the old one. I like the poster where it just has the promoter on it. (laughs) And then I remember Wavell sent me a message. He goes, I'm the champion. Why am I not on the poster? But you know what it pushed? It pushed raffle, raffle prizes. 
Okay. And sports collectible sales. Yeah. So he's trying to do something here to drum up some support and money and sell tickets. Speaking of collectible, I went to first row sports for the first time. First row last collectibles. Week. Yeah. 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 What did you see? Did you, did you buy anything? No, I was looking for LJNs. Uh, they do have supply of LJN figures. All uh, stuff you had. Stuff that I had. Yeah. Very. I just missed. Just missed Curtis. Um, you can't miss Curtis. He's almost seven feet tall. Yeah, he just, he had to run out to the bank or something. So some other gentleman was in there and I looked around. They got some really cool stuff there. So anyone uh, listening in Winnipeg, if you've never been, check it out for sure. On Main Street. Yep. It's a good Absolutely. store. Great. Um, yeah. Uh, local right now. One of the things, I have nothing to complain about this week. So you can tell I'm at a loss. Normally I got four or five things to bitch and gripe about. Tessa Blanchard made it in. Yeah. And, awesome. and producer Chris yeah. is sitting there piping hot. Piping hot. Because after I said last week that producer Chris should take her on a date because he aspires to be Tully Blanchard. And Look, he's every, sneering at Every, every, every yeah. woman wants to date their father. Now he's on. he's been on Facebook and every picture of Tessa he sees, Kevin O'Doyle is right next to her. And he's getting piping hot about it's, this. It's true. I could be the Kevin O'Doyle to the Tessa Blanchard. Well, you know... It, if it was going to be a local guy who's going to maybe go on a date with Tessa Blanchard, I'd like it to be someone out of left field like Kevin O'Doyle. Sure. You know, like... How how more out of left field does it get than me? I'm not even involved in the rest well, of the business that's beyond, beyond this. That's like when when Tori Wilson's husband, they were sitting on a beach. Sorry to mention a different woman. Tori Wilson, when she showed a picture on Instagram of her sitting on the beach with some guy that I looked at and I said, geez, like I'm, I'm better than that guy. Most people I know are... <laughs> He must have money. That was what I thought. So um, Tessa Blanchard showed up. Saskatchewan's been very, 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 very successful. And she's been a hell of a team player. That's what I've heard. Richard Brown, who helped promote the show in Sioux Valley as a fundraiser for their fire department and the show in Rivers for his fire department, because I think he's the fire chief. He's definitely in the fire, fire... uh, the fire fighting like team burn there. stuff. Yeah, well, put it out actually. Yeah, he, which is good if he's anywhere around the wrestling business. There's always guys burning bridges, so he can be there to put them out. That's perfect. Yeah. But Richard Brown said the shows were highly successful. The show in Rivers, she actually arrived late. I heard this story. She arrived late on a plane and came running down the stairs when everyone's on the escalator. And she said, "Did my other bag come down? Let's get going." Because she wanted to get out there for the show. Showed up an hour and a half late. People waited to see her match. They delayed the show as long as they could, and she performed. And she's been apparently a heck of a team player, which is good. I know that um, there's a lot of talk that she's canceled and her, she, can't, she can't resurrect her career. I think showing up on an eight-show tour where she's showed up to work and, and been a team player is great. Yep. I would love to see her get into All Elite Wrestling, where I think she could really light things on fire. Well, light things on fire. I think she could really heat things up in the women's division. I don't know if the WWE is the right fit. And I obviously impact is probably not the fit. Nope. But they won't have her back. But major league, I think she can do better than major league. I'd like to see all elite give her a shot. I would like to see, you know, I, you know, and we talked about this off air, you know, there's, it's apparently Tessa will be coming back to, for a Winnipeg That's date, what I've heard, yeah. which is great news. Yes. Uh, I would be over the moon to go and see her. I've been a huge proponent of hers for many, many years. I would love to see if we get her on the podcast. I would say this. If she comes and does a Winnipeg date, I will personally make a deal with Danny Duggan where we'll we'll podcast live from his show as long as she's willing to, to be a guest. And you know what? Here's the reason why I want to do that. And I feel very strongly about this. And I was thinking about this this week. I, I would love to help like 
Producer Chris, get a date? Well, that. Okay. <laughs> well, listen, hey, that's the most important. Hey, bro, I'm looking out for myself first. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay, let's go. <laughs> but <laughs> what I would what I would like to do is help rehabilitate. Be able to tell Dave Meltzer that she's actually a great human being? Well, just be able to, you know, that, that could be good for one, for the podcast, right? But also good for her because if she's, you know, listen, people screw up. People do things that they regret. And honestly, I don't even... If, if you asked somebody now, what happened with Tessa Blanchard? I bet you a lot of people don't even know why they're mad about her. And it's her. all rumor, like it's whispers and rumors, and it's unclear. I, well, I know what happened at Impact, I know, well, but I've heard okay. stuff There's behind that. the scenes with her female and bullying. And, and I'm like, Mike, you, Mike, we've been in the business 25 years. You've never been bullied in this business? Oh, right. You is know that, what? I'm going to say something that could get me canceled. And her, her talent is not in question at all because there was a period where I think she might have been the best worker around hell Just yeah woman, for men, sure woman any absolutely okay, yeah. i could get canceled for this but let me tell you how i came up in wrestling so this is going to be the part where later he says cut no that no <laughs> let me tell you okay. cut this out chris everyone who's sensitive isn't going to like what i have to say i was bullied when i got in the business don Callis bullied me uh brian jewell to a certain degree but he was there was times where he was super great to me ernie todd bullied me um and the reason why I was able to insulate myself from the bullying was I was Vance's cousin and that meant Stryker and Robbie Royce and guys like that looked out for me. Thank God they did. Then I became a booker and I realized that what those guys did was not bad. We, the wrestling business is not meant to be inclusive. It is a brotherhood where you have to earn your spot and nobody gets that. Nobody gets it. They think if I want to be a wrestler, I should be able to do it. Just like if I want to go work at 7-Eleven, I leave, I go in and make my application at four different 7-Elevens. One of them will hire me. It is not like that in wrestling. You have to earn your way in. And sometimes that's showing up and helping out with the ring. Sometimes that's showing up and carrying gimmicks. Danny Duggan as a 14 year old did both of those things. And so did a lot of guys who had no business getting in the back door. And sometimes you had to have the talent and prove it. And sometimes you had to prove you weren't mouthy. Sometimes you had to prove you had a personality that fit that locker room. Sometimes you had to eat cheese and like it. Yes. Well, not figuratively, not literally. Let me tell you something. I can't walk into the Chicago Blackhawks dressing room and say, I want to play hockey tomorrow. And they say, well, hey, we don't care that you're not talented. We don't care that you're not, you're not coordinated. You bring nothing to the table. Yeah. Would you? If you want to play, you can play next week. No, that's called rec league hockey. There's no such thing as rec league wrestling. And if anybody promotes rec league wrestling, I'm going to call them out for being an asshole. There is no automatic entry. And I had this problem with Sean Northstar Reed many years ago yep. when I said, you do not have the physical capabilities to do what you need to you do. You are not an athlete. You yes. Bring nothing to the table. And does that make me a bully to be that? We tried to be nice. I tried to be nice to him first. I tried to say, listen, look for a, a peripheral spot where you can contribute. Do not think you can be a, a wrestler. And when you tell somebody who has this ideal, idealistic dream that they can do it, they think, oh, well, who cares? Who's Mike Davidson to tell me I can't? Yeah, I'm entitled to do yeah. this. So then you have to make the message a lot more direct. And you have to say, you don't have the physical capabilities. Then you have to say, listen, you're being disrespectful to Mantelo, who has the physical capabilities. You're being disrespectful to everybody who is at the top of the local scene and everybody at the bottom who's barely scraping by, who has just enough to be on shows. You're being disrespectful to them too. But now you're hurting their feelings. Oh, yeah. Now there's a difference. This is the problem. I think there's nowadays. a difference though between what you're talking about and bullying as well. I think what you're talking about quality is quality control. Quality control, but it's also you're 
that's what was best for him. You trying to make him not do it, that was best for him. He shouldn't have been. I didn't care about him. I cared about the quality of the shows he was on. I did not give two rats, she's <laughs> ass about him. He was going to take a giant crap on the wrestling business by trying to be on a wrestling show. Omar, same thing. Same thing. Yeah. And if people think, it's funny because somebody said of, of all Canadian wrestling podcasts they listen to, we're the heels. We're also honest. You can't, listen. Not everybody can do up, this. It should be up it. to the booker and promoter to say, I'm sorry, I don't have a spot for you. But we can't trust some of those bookers and promoters. Who, some who, of these promoters are people we're talking exactly. about right now. So it should be guys who have the, the confidence and credibility it's not toxic masculinity. It's not anything like that. You don't, you don't cut it and I'm not going to respect you and I'm not going to treat you like I respect you. And I've been wrong. I'll tell you it's twice this week. I've said that. Damn it. <laughs> I used to be mean to Shaggy Campbell, Tommy Lee Curtis, but you know what he did after 2010? He worked on his body. He learned the business from a sensical standpoint. Yep. Now he's a success, successful booker and promoter because he didn't take it personally. You'll never hear him say, oh, Mike Davidson, bull well, maybe you will now, but you never will say, he will never say I bullied him, but I treat him like garbage in the locker room. Scott DeMore was tough on me. Yes. But yeah. I'm glad he was. Yeah. Yes. And that's what I'm saying here. Who are we talking about? Tessa. Tessa. So Tessa being a bully to somebody she had to work with that she didn't respect, There's it, it went a little bit further. But we also don't know the context no. that this happened. As long as right? it, as long as the rumor of and anything be, racial To be clear, we're, we're not excusing anything of she course. may have. No, or, I don't know what she may did. Have not I have no idea what she did. Of so course. if somebody's going to send me the, the write-up and I'll be like, okay. You're, I earlier said, Marty, screw up. Careful, you might have been canceled. Yeah. She got canceled for a reason. I don't know what it is. What's worse, what she did or Adam Knight slapping fans? Adam Knight should never wrestle on a show again, and any promoter that has the balls to put him on a show is running the risk of, if he slaps another fan, you've condoned it. So right now, Adam Knight is still wrestling and on like shows. Well, he's going to get a WWE dark match. And Tessa Blanchard. And is here's another thing. To those guys, and listen, I'm going off here. Some people like no, it. No, I do. And some people hate it. I like it. this. There will be people who say who will murmur, well, why Mike, Mike messed with the 3D show. Remember, there was r rumors I did. We were no, totally I didn't. fair with I didn't do anything. I could have called the venue and said, listen, if you do this, I'm calling the Liquor Commission. I didn't. Adam Knight is definitely trying to get a WWE Dark March match. I bet my paycheck on it. I could contact but WWE. Why? I could contact WWE corporate, send him the video and say, the and show the apology where he says who he slapped and they will never touch him. But I'm not going to do that to Adam Knight because I don't hate Adam Knight. He hates me and that's on him. But I could do that. Now, if somebody does it, I'm going to look like the scapegoat. I would not do that to him. I could do it with AEW and send that to Sean Dean and say, this is the guy you're giving dark matches to. Oh, and by the way, that fan is not a plant. That pl that fan did not deserve to be slapped like that. And before you say guardrails and security, hey, I trust the 20-year veteran or th almost 30-year veteran to know how not to get into that situation. So you want to call me a heel, it's all good. I, I'm sorry that honesty makes me a heel. Apparently I'm the heel. I don't even know it to you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I enjoyed being called that. You know why? Because you're standing out, right? Yeah. I do not. I've never liked vanilla baby faces. We care about this business. 100%. And that's why we feel the way we feel. Because nobody gave us a free ride. We had to earn our way in. We had to pay our dues. There were sacrifices that we had to make. I we got to show up. And say, I want to be a wrestler. It I got work that way. I got every break in locally, thanks to Vance. I will be honest about that. But I also had to learn the business. I had started as a ref. I did ring crew every chance I could. I 
the one thing I had to learn as a teenager is stop talking, start listening. Because sometimes when I would talk, I would offend people because I look disrespectful. Now I've decided stop listening, start talking, and we have a podcast. I, I had the same problem. I, I would I was always told to shut up basically because I I defend people and not even be aware of it. Yeah, and that's so. the thing. But the problem is here, people here locally they haven't gone anywhere, so they don't understand what their spot is in the grand scheme of things. If you go places. Like where I went to like OVW and I went to these WWE tryouts and I went to Border City Wrestling and I wrestled in Ohio and Michigan and Toronto and, you know, all over Canada, you know, on your shows, Mike, yep. on your pay-per-view Trying shows. to learn from the people you're bringing in too. Right. And that's the thing. You And then I remember being in OVW in 2004 and I was there for a week-long camp. They had invited, there was like 12,000 applicants or something like that and they invited, I don't know, 30 or 40 people. Three of those people were me, Wavel, and Zach Mercury. Ah, do Zach. Ah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, like right there, I realized, I looked around the room, and in Winnipeg, you know, I, I'm very self-aware. I'm actually in university right now, taking a course on this, actually. It's very enlightening that we're talking about this. But, um, you know, I'm, I was aware of my role in the grand scheme of things. So in Winnipeg, I might be a big fish in a small pond, but I realized when I went to OVW, I'm down here with guys who are maybe better looking than me, taller than me, better body, better promo. Wasn't Hassan at this camp? Who? Muhammad Hassan. Yep. Yes. Mark M- Capani. I think. MVP was there. Yeah. First time he ever saw snow. I was standing next to MVP. The first time he ever yeah. saw snow. He couldn't understand why it would land on the ground and it would melt right away. And that's when you learn from your peers. Right. But yeah. I also learned that, whoa, to make it in this business, there's a lot more I got to do. And then when you, so you mentioned you were a big fish in a small pond. When you came back, you had a greater sense of responsibility to take care of the local market where you're the big fish. Right? Yeah. That's what the big fish should do. But then I got heat for being a heel. The big fish comes back and he wants to make the fishes around him better. Anyway, this has been a good rant. Yeah. I, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed it. For sure. And it's good it's good conversation. But getting back to Tessa, I would like to be maybe a small part in that rehabilitation. And maybe if she gets her story out there for some clarity, because I don't think she's ever done that. Per- perhaps somebody would listen. And be more open to giving somebody a second chance because I I know I can speak for myself. There's been lots of times in my life that I've screwed stuff up. So I can't, unless, if I did everything perfect in my life, then, hey, then I can say, oh, she doesn't deserve a chance. But guess what? I've screwed up. So has she. That's how we learn. So I'd like to see her get another shot. Well, it's an important point to make too. There needs to be a road back from cancellation. In some cases, obviously, there's no road back for a guy like Cosby. But you we, they, you can't cancel somebody and then lump them all together like they've all done the same thing. Listen, Jay Cosby's uh, conviction get overturned? No, he got out of jail because he's a million years old. Okay. O.J. Simpson. O.J. Simpson. Right. Hey, don't oh, look, wait, hold it on O.J. Oh, I will argue in favor of O.J. But hold on a second. J.D. McDonough, who is now drafted to Raw, he had a lot of these problems. Yeah. And I don't remember what the specifics were because they, WWE, quote-unquote, looked into it and thought there was nothing there but something like that so what if that happens now now he's not on raw like what he did is that anything different than what marty scurll did what did marty scurll i don't do? know marty just... scurll he was at a bar where you had to be of legal age and he was talking to a woman who he didn't know was legal age because she was in a bar yeah how is that 
on him. Right? Well, there's there's a lot of stories like that. Here's my take on it. If you get canceled after one time, or if you're a repeat offender, eventually you can't, you, right. no one can have confidence in you. Right. Yeah. That's why you hear me come down on Adam Knight. I don't know, like, because I don't know, I would give anybody I didn't know a chance, right? If I don't know why, and I've never experienced you be like this, I'll take the heat of being wrong. As long as you aren't a repeat chronic offender where I know you're going to mess up. And I know people like that. And we could talk off air about names like that. But um, yeah, that's, I hope, I hope what we're hearing about Tessa rings so true and that people are amazed to see two years from now when she gets her opportunity. And you know what? How old is she? She's probably in her early thirties. Okay. So she was in her late twenties. Well, very late twenties getting the opportunity of a lifetime. And let's be honest, her dad wasn't the nicest guy in the eighties. Her no. dad told her quit the business. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully if, she doesn't. Cause there's she's no very road talented. to redemption. There's no opportunity for growth. That's all I'll say. Are we moving on? Are you ready to move on? You know what? Is it time? Oh, it's, sorry. Tessa's only 27. Okay. 27. So she would have been 23, 24 when she's making mistakes. Yeah. Do you know how many mistakes I, I yeah, made at 23, yeah. 24? Exactly. Yeah. If anybody goes back, digs far enough back into our past, and thankfully the internet was not what it was, you know, I'm sure there's something I in our past. I was 28 or 27 sending yeah. Dave Draco back into the ring, and I knew better, but I thought it was funny and didn't care. Yep. So it happens. You know what? I bet Tessa would love a spicy Big Mary. She well, if she comes spicy. on the show, we'll take her to we'll take her to Mary Brown's and give her a spicy Big Mary. Well, let's get right into it. It's time now for the Mary Brown's mailbag. Mary Brown's chicken, crave delicious, crave Canadian. Who has 14 Manitoba locations? Mary Brown's chicken. Who only uses Manitoba chicken? Mary Brown's chicken. And who only uses Manitoba grown potatoes hand cut in store? I bet you've already guessed. Even Mary Brown's coleslaw is made fresh in store from whole carrots and cabbage. Download Mary Brown's app today and take advantage of money-saving deals and even a secret menu. You can order ahead to get your Mary Brown's faster. Mary Brown's chicken. Crave delicious. Two questions this week in the Mary Brown's mailbag. Before we get started, of course, we always ask each week which of us has gone to Mary Brown's. This week has been an off week for me. (laughs) I have not been to Mary Brown's yet. Uh, geez, wheeze. Uh, I have not been this week. However, I will Boys. be going this weekend. I, you know what? I was going to go on Tuesday, but then I realized, darn it, I missed Mary Brown Monday. Yeah, big Mary Monday. So I was kind of like, Ugh, I'm going to hold out till the weekend. So I had two spicy big Marys last Monday, back to back. No, like I you ordered say, two. Oh, you just say, oh, okay, ate and them both, and then I went back on Wednesday and I had another spicy. Did you two fist them? You, no, you I eat them one at a time. Okay. Come on, I'm not an animal. So the Nashville one that you were talking about, yeah. Chris, that's like with that piping hot sauce on it. It's not as hot as the spicy Big Mary. Nashville's like an electric honey. Like if you've ever had wings that are called okay. electric honey. Because I was debating trying that, but if it tastes kind of sweet, I don't know if I'm down. There's for no that. sweetness to it, in my opinion. It looks piping hot in the picture, but it's not. It's not as hot as the spicy Big Mary. No. So I should stick with the spicy. Well, you want spicy? I thought you were telling me you don't want spicy. I like spicy. Oh, okay. Well, I think you should try the Nashville hot and, and get back to me. Hmm. You're, it's okay. not, you're not going to be disappointed. Okay. I'll All th- right. I'll give it a rip. This one, first question coming in on the mailbag. This one came in to us on Instagram, slid into our DMs, be she's wrestling uh, on Instagram. This one from Chet. He, he says, Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat is often regarded as the best WrestleMania match of all time. 
Do you guys agree or disagree? And if you disagree, what is your pick? So there we go. That's mm. a good question. That is Tough good. question, actually. It's a lot to choose from. 39 years of WrestleMania. Yeah. I I have mine. Do you? Okay, you go ahead. I would have to go with... Um, that match was very good. But that match was very rehearsed as well. And I love seeing Dave Hevner totally blown up at the end of it. But I'll have to go with um, WrestleMania 13. Oh, you're going with the match I picked. Stone Cold Steve Austin against Bret the Hitman Hart okay. submission match. Yeah, I'm going to have to pick another one. That's the one I was just picking. I just think that was just ingenious how they, you know, and they talked about it on the A&E special recently. Oh, yeah. Bret walks out as the baby face and he walks back to the dressing room. People are giving him the finger. It was just so masterfully well done. Two guys who knew what they were doing. Yeah, it was it was a great match. That, me, that would be my pick. Me's D's? So I disagree with G's Wee's on it being, it was heavily rehearsed, but considering they didn't work house shows leading up to that match because Steamboat was working the injury, it was an amazing match. It stands the test of time and it will definitely be the standard setter because it was the best one of the first three and it was that much better than everything else. But I decided that I would go with one that I think was a turning point in WWE history that surprised the fan base, and that's WrestleMania Six Warrior versus Hogan. Hmm. WWE dropped the ball after Warrior wins the belt because they don't give him any good heels. Like, how they built Hogan up is he was always vulnerable to a whole bunch of big heels. Warrior ends up in the pro, he wins the belt, and then it's Rick Rude, who he'd already beat for the Intercontinental, who had dropped weight, who'd cut his hair. He wasn't quite as special. He realistically... They should have had him immediately do a program where Million Dollar Man, maybe, or if they could have got a behemoth in there to... Why not Earthquake? Yes, they yeah, did Hogan Earthquake. Um, there were so many... I think he needed a bigger guy to show his strength. He ended up doing the program with Andre when he was the Intercontinental Champion. Andre couldn't have done this program after WrestleMania six, He no. was too slow, and it, it wouldn't have worked. Randy Savage was a heel. They end up going to Rumble with it. Randy Savage might have made a better number one contender right away. Um, they drop the ball badly with Warrior. It leads to very bad business going into WrestleMania 7, and they don't recover until 1997. So from 1990 until 1997, they had no direction because they bombed so badly with the Ultimate Warrior. I get that he was hard to deal with. I get that Vince just compared him to Hogan too much. Hogan goes away. Give Warrior a bunch of big guys to just, just beat dominant against they drop the ball and it ends up leading to bad business for a long time so but it's a lot like goldberg and wcw goldberg yeah, so gets the belt and they have no, nothing to do with him so you think that warrior and hogan wrestlemania six would be your pick nobody had high expectations for it i think it's a good match it's both guy it's kind of an apex for both guys in terms of hogan i've seen hogan matches in japan like with great muda where he was a far better wrestler very good yeah um but he carries warrior to a great match they do for babyface babyface it's a good match and it it sh it was the last height of their of WWF's dominance. It goes downhill from there, and it's not. I will not allow Warrior to be blamed for that. They did nothing to give him money matches. It's the same thing I gripe about with Tony Khan now. I'm torn between two um, for c completely different reasons. The first one is Brett versus Owen. It was a short match, mm -hmm. but I love that match. Ten, I, yeah, many ten. Yeah, I watched that match. A couple times a year, no lie. I, I just love that match a lot for what it was. It was too short, in my opinion, but Brett had to wrestle later in the night, so it was short for a reason. But it set up the angle really well with Brett yep. and Owen. 
Owen c- could come out later after Brett won the title and uh, Brett gets it again, you know? So that was a really good one. That was a great mania. Yeah. And then Rock versus Austin Toronto. Uh, for a completely oh, yeah. completely different yep. reason, just because of the electricity yeah. that was yep. in the air, the fact that Hogan turned uh, and was getting, and you could tell... You mean Rock versus Hogan, you said Austin. Rock versus Hogan. So yeah. the fact that you know, he was getting this reaction, you could see it on Hogan's face. He's like, I haven't gotten this type of reaction in years. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. So that, I think it's tied between those two. And if I had to, gun to my head, I think I would have to go with Rock Hogan. And you could go... Uh, Michael's Undertaker. Yep. You go Michael's Scott Hall ladder match. Um, yeah, that, they there's a lot there. of big ones, yep. but, uh, yeah, that's what I'd say. All right. Moving on to our second question here. Oh, here we go. This one coming in from Jane. She says, which independent wrestler unsigned right now, do you think could make a living, uh, on the wrestling that's scene? A Canadian so, wrestler? so I'm guessing she's, she's talking Canadian. Let's just say Canadian for this, yeah. for the argument here, because we we're not super plugged into everything down South, which Canadian indie wrestler do you think could make a living doing it? Um, we'll start with Mies D's this time. No, I'm going to go last. So Are you? Go. Okay, let's go, go, go with G's Wees. Um, I'm going to go with somebody who's impressed me uh, the few times I've seen him. Uh, Mo Jabari. Yes. Out of Actually, Calgary. I didn't even think of that. Yes, that's a good one. Very impressive. He's done, uh, he's done some extra work for WWE. He was on AEW here in Winnipeg. Um, I had a chance to see him at the last WPW show. Uh, very impressive um, mechanics, um, footwork, um, just very well trained. So that's that's my pick. Okay, I'm gonna go with one that I think Mike might even scoff at this one, but I think <sighs> I think there it is already. Let's hear it. I think Bobby <laughs> Bobby Shink, if he uh, hit the gym real hard, because he's got the size and he he can move around the ring real well. He can work the crowd. You know, he's got a gimmick. I don't know if the gimmicks for everybody, but I think he could make a living uh, if he put on some more size. I'm not going to agree or disagree because I don't want to be a heel. <laughs> We've already established you are. And I don't want to agree and look like I'm a, a little bitch to you. Well, you, you don't want to agree and then be accused of being WPW's darlings. So I'm very tied in. I've been really watching a lot of Canadian Plus you're out of touch. Um, AJ Sanchez might be able to make a living in the wrestling business. <laughs> So I got two. One's a guy, one's a girl. And Jacques Rougeau is doing an amazing job at scouting Canadian wrestlers right now. For How that. would you lazy car in Jacques Rougeau? Gis Regis. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't, it didn't flow off my tongue at all. Uh, the first one is a female wrestler, Re- Relentless Riley Rose. I think she's 18 years old. Trained by our friend Harlan Abbott in the Top Talent Wrestling Academy. Hmm. Uh, I think at her age, if she sticks with it, and I've heard great things about who she is as a human being. I think she will get some sort of dark match with AEW, maybe even this summer. And I think she has a future. I don't know. I think she'll make a living. Women should have an advantage because there's not a lot of them. And there should be opportunity. The second one is a seven-foot guy who was just in Alberta and he moved to the Maritimes. His name's Brian O'Ryan. Oh, yeah, yeah. He looks like a million dollars. Yeah. His Brian work. O'Ryan. Brian yeah. O'Ryan. B-R-I-A-N-O, capital O-R-I-O-N. Check him out on YouTube. His work looks great in what I've seen. The problem with it, here's one of the things I'll say about um, 
independent promoters. When you put him in a 16 foot ring, it makes him look more huge, but it also inhibits the impact of the big moves he does. Cause when he throws guys, he's got to drop them straight down yeah. as opposed to throwing them across, across the, the ring, ring at 18 yeah. feet. Um, I would love to see what he would look like on a television production. Um, but I think this guy, I think impact all elite WWE all should be taking a look at this guy because we're past the point of seven footers being big money draws. This guy, his work, he was an MMA, he's trained as an MMA fighter. I just think the world of him, that's that's him, yep. I think the world of him, I think he's got a bright future. At CWE, he's worked for them, has he not? Briefly, and I don't know that it went that well. Okay, there we I go. I think it was years ago. That's why... The- Monster Pro Wrestling had him as, as a trainee at one point. He's worked for Tony Candelo before. He's done, He's paid his dues. He's I been around a few years. But his work in top talent and, uh, and real Canadian wrestling... The stuff I saw in video, I would have, if I was starting a wrestling company, and the reason why I'm dialed in with a whole bunch of Canadian talent is I did do my homework. He would have been one of the first guys I would have hired. So Mike Davidson was going to start up. It was, I told you, it was 99% yeah. at one point. I, I was. What's the percentage this week? We're down to three. 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 No, I thought that was you. Come you no, no. He three. said it's the, it's the I same. I will say oh, this okay. though. When I was going to start, I had taught, I reached out to Harlan Abbott. I'd reached out to a couple people that I wanted their help. Because they know more about the talent. Like, is the guy, is how's the guy's headspace? Would he manage, like, if I haven't changed since 2010, could this guy work for me or would I piss him off, right? That's one of the things I wanted to know. And I wanted, I wanted a, a bunch of different voices because in Winnipeg, there's so many good companies, really. Like, how are you going to beat CWE, who's done it for the last 14 years? How are you going to beat WPW that's doing it and selling out 500 tickets in the span of a snap of fingers or more? How are you going to do it differently? And that, the way you're going to do it is find out what Eric Cannon's doing right in Minnesota, what uh, Harlan Abbott's doing in Alberta, and bring Dungeon it all wrestling. together. Dungeon wrestling. Bring it all together and make it make it a hodgepodge of really good stuff. And that's what I was looking at. That's why I can say those both those talents, they would have been very high on my list of hires. There we go. Another week of the Mary Brown's mailbag. Mike, do you want to put a bow on this one? No, because Mecca Shane has. Uh, oh, Jeez Louise right. has the locals. The event center. I'm, I'm yes. excited the about this. Center. Our new feature. Let's hit the music. Well, CWE is coming off their uh, Saskatchewan Saskatchewan tour with Tessa Blanchard. Uh, they have uh, for the remainder of May. They're going to be in Steinbeck on May. Steez bees. Steez bees. May the 27th, and then in Lorette on June 2nd. Now, obviously, there are other dates, which we'll talk about as we get a little bit closer, but these are the upcoming dates. The WPW uh, show um, was just this past weekend, True Violence, and they will not have a June event. They will be back in July. Um, and I, they, I don't have a date for them yet, but it won't matter because on Monday, the tickets will be sold out when this <laughs> when this drops. So if you don't have your tickets for uh, Winnipeg Pro Wrestling, you probably missed out. Uh, Primos, this weekend, May 19th, the tour with Trent Seven, not Diamond Dallas Page, <laughs> not uh, Lance Hoyt, Lance Hoyt, Lance, Lance Archer. Archer, they will not be there, but Tr- Trent Seven will be there, so that's in Winnipeg on May 19th, May 20th, they're in Killarney, Manitoba, and then the 21st, they're in Toulon, so of course that is the May long weekend. Primo's so. is busy. Primo's is busy. Did you get the other one? Which one? Tony Candelo, Pro Wrestling, the Summer Smash. Oh, well, that's in July. Yeah, well, we'll mention it anyway because we love Tony. He's doing raffle <laughs> as part wow. of the show. Um, 
and he's doing jewelry giveaway. Wow. Anyway, it's July 15th. It's in Grand Marais, Manitoba, Grand Beach. We used to go there quite a lot. Uh, July 15th. Tickets are $25 in advance. $30 at the door. Judging by the poster, Wavel Star is on the show. Chris's favorite, Bobby Schink, is on the show. Rob Stardom, the guy who broke producer Chris in. And, uh, yeah, check it out. Tony Candelo. And we'll talk about that as we get closer to that July date. This is like an annual show for him to go into... uh, yeah, Grand, Grand. Well, I've wrestled podcast. at a Tony Candelo Grand Beach show before. They were a lot of fun. Was it in the building or on the sand? It was on the sand. I wish he'd do more on the sand. We, we need to do a podcast at Grand Beach. There was one on the sand, and then there was also one in a building. Was that Test p- the one on the sand? Was you remember Tess he took there? Test there in 2005? Yeah, yeah, te- yeah Test was there, because I was on that show. Me, Axe, Kenny Omega, DiCaprio, Dalton... Yeah, we were all on that show. Jeez, it was a PCW crew. Absolutely. And then uh, 3D, your friends, not having any shows coming up. <laughs> I, I I waited with bated breath. Yep, nothing. 3D. And then, of course, our uh, other friend of the show here, Rob Stardom. He's got Wrestling for a Cause. That's coming up June 3rd. That's in Gimli. That's kind of a, not really an office-specific show. It's just a, a hodgepodge of different local talent. It's that all he's about using. charity. He's all doing charity. it for the right yep. cause. Yep. Uh, and there- that is your event center. There we have it. Now, are you ready to put a bow on it, Mike Davidson? You know what I'll say? I confessed to being a bully this week, and I invited you all to cancel me, just like those people who say I'm the biggest heel in wrestling podcasting. But you know what I'm thankful for? We're last not doing week, episode 55 because la- we're going to get canceled. Last yeah. week, we were, what were we ranked at? Well, we were up there. I in Chartable, we, we were 41 this 41 week. Th- I don't brag about it, but you know what? We, it's not... Any, we just get together and be she's. It's the people who listen, the people who send in their tweets and they send in. Do you know how many people have sent us a Mary Brown's picture of what they ordered? Brad Sarna. Send it Uncle all, Lightning yeah, Dick. Send that. They all send it in. Like, I love it because. Makes me hungry. It's, they've listened to our suggestions and they go out to their local Mary Browns and they get it. Dan Myers did it. Good friend of the show. You, these, that's what makes it great. The, the Monday chartable ranking. I love it. But. You know what? If we weren't even in the one top 100, we'd still be having fun. You know what's funny, though? I get up Monday. I, I get up every morning at 6 a.m., no matter what day of the week it is. 6 a.m., Monday morning, I get up, and I have a message. Already somebody's asking me about the podcast. Yes. Yeah. That's so... Because I go to bed late Sunday nights because uh, of working. Me, I know. And then I get up very, like, around midday, and I see the numbers, and I see how many people are like, what were you thinking when you said this? And I love it. I'd rather hear that than, you're right. You're right. And there's lots of messages. And and uh, actually, my wife, her father in Phoenix, somebody, one of his neighbors in Phoenix was listening to this show. Oh, my. Because he came, he called my wife and said, does your, is yours, is Jeff on a podcast? <laughs> That's <laughs> so amazing. One of, one of his neighbors. So we're getting listeners in Phoenix. And so. it's, and it's weird how like, so people follow like wrestling in different markets. Right. And so they listen, I, I got a message up from a guy in Seattle, Washington or Portland, one of the two Portland, Oregon, it might've been. And he said, you know, I've always wondered because he's heard about Winnipeg wrestling and Kenny Omega came from here and Chris Jericho. And he was like, I've always wondered what that scene is really like. And we've given him a picture and, and it's not, if you don't like Winnipeg wrestling because you're from Minnesota or you're from, you, we give you enough of our perception of other things, but our, our version of what's happening locally is enough that people have a picture. Okay. Mentalo has this three foot stuffy and there's this Primo's company that 
is somehow drawing big numbers and their promoter is griping every week that he's going to give up because he, he, this week he had another post where he said, this is why I wanted to get out of the wrestling business. <laughs> what has happened? So I like, what is going on? Why are you, why are you having these veiled messages and not telling us what is, what is happening that's making you say this publicly? He's having a meltdown. It's going to turn him gray before his time, the wrestling business. He's, he's in his late thirties. Oh, well then it's, then it's his time. Yeah. So, so, so am I, and I'm going gray. There you go. But it's been, I appreciate everybody who takes the time to listen. That's the only thing, if it wasn't for the text and the messages and the, and the DMs we get, we would run out of things to talk about. I wouldn't know that they think we're healed. Well, you and I wouldn't run out of things to talk about. We talk about the same stupid stories at the pool. Yeah. The worst part is when I heard that they think I'm the heel. I was like, well, I'd never want to be a vanilla baby face. I thought you weren't the heel. I thought I was the heel. That was what one person wrote up and he was right. He said that Chris was the ultimate babyface, and I was the freshly turned babyface, and you're the complete heel. But I'm the heel that doesn't but know the, I'm a heel. What yeah. I saw was <laughs> That's right. somebody said, listen to these three podcasts, and one of them was Grainmaker, and I shout out to Grainmaker. Unlike, like, I, I want people to listen to all podcasts, because how can you decide what you like if you only watch one? It's only, a, it's only a race if there's at least two or three to run. And they said Grainmaker's the big babyface, and those those guys are complete heels. But it's, we have a different perspective because we've been in the locker room and we've had to grind it out and we've been in promoter wars. You were, you were the top dog when we were going head to head with CWF and when we were going head to head with TRCW. So because of that perception, we have a different, we have a different version of what wrestling is. We don't watch it as blindly fans who want it to be a certain way. We have a realistic version of what's going on. It doesn't make us heels. It's just... Listen, if, if you're a blind fan of hockey, you believe everybody likes each other and they only play hard against each other. Guess what? If you ever talk to a guy who played professional hockey, professional football, they'll tell you stories and you'll be like, God, I never heard of this. I never thought of this. Yeah. Right? That's the same way it is with wrestling. We're not heels. I like everybody who listens. I like everyone who doesn't listen. I like Shane. I like Adam Knight. I like Ernie Todd. I like everybody. You and like that's Toxic what Tyler? Yes. Yes. Very much so. <laughs> we have to we have to say his name. We, Tyler we, James. Put it put him over. Yeah. yeah. He's doing well. All right. I guess it's time for us to uh hit Jeez Weez's favorite oh, artist. Do we have to listen to this again? Here we go. One oh, more week. Geez. Glenn goes to hit us, baby. Well, TV. 